0: Hello, and welcome to Narrative, a journey into the ancient art of storytelling, a place to gather by the fire and share the stories of our ancestors, a place to gather and tell our own tales. Here, we will explore legends, fairy tales, myths, and folklore. We'll have conversations around archetypes, history, theology, and the ancient mysteries, as well as having discussions on how it all pertains to our lives. Before carvings or hieroglyphs or written word, our ancestors kept their stories alive through oral tradition. In honoring them, I too want to continue this path. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Mary Rogers. Before there was dark, rich soil or vast, open sky, there was only a gaping abyss. The chaos of perfect silence and void lay between the realms of fire and ice. The frost and raging flames crept towards one another until finally, in their dance, they collided. Amidst the hissing and sputtering, the great titan emerged from the venomous womb, dripping from the icy rivers of the grassless void. Odin and his brothers slaughtered Ymir, the titan, constructed the world from his corpse earth was created from ymir's flesh oceans were formed from his blood hills were made from his bones and the trees from his hair the sky the beautiful glorious sky formed by the dome of his skull and out of his brains they shaped the dark willing clouds we've entered the new year 2023 the year of seven in numerology so what does that mean for you personally. This is a spiritual year. Seven emphasizes emotion, analysis, intuition, reflection, introspection, research, and faith. 2023 will be a year of inward focus and deep inner work. It's the year of the intellectuals, deep thinkers, philosophers, scholars, researchers, and analyzers. 2023 is the year of the visionary. Seven energy flows in an atmosphere of privacy, solitude, and quietness. It's constantly seeking answers to its steady stream of questions about itself and life. It is seeking truth, wisdom, dignity, fulfillment, perfection. It's very likely that a more serious side of your nature is going to emerge this year. And just to be clear, this isn't a year of action, meaning it is a year in which you're going to take stock you're going to identify what's important to you, what makes you happy, or by contrast, what doesn't. Which doesn't mean it's necessarily a year of change, but rather a year of identifying and planning. It's not a year to make major changes or to have major upheaval or even really to chase opportunity. But the need for you to slow down and take things easier cannot be overstated. In the seven-year, there's a tendency for people to trip and fall if they're moving too fast. The energy of a seven-year, if not honored by proceeding with caution, catastrophe can happen. The energy of this year is strong and it can force submission. It can force you to go inward if necessary through public scrutiny, scandal, or even some hard secrets might be revealed. The energy of this year will force you to succumb because the force of this year and its purpose It's important, it's inevitable, but more than that, it's an opportunity. Seek out what feels good. Seek what feels ideal for you. Research and analyze what changes need to be made or what actions you will need to take in the future. Write a plan or an outline. Study with experts in the field. Read the masters, watch the videos, order the equipment, and identify your possible obstacles. Create timeframes and goals. This isn't a year of instant gratification, but it's a year for planning and consideration. Long-term plans to create, uplift, and uphold a long-term reality. This is the year of intent followed by inspired action. It's a year of stepping stones, literally just one foot in front of the other. And just know that everything you experience this year will be influenced by Seven's power of reflection reflection means not only looking back and pondering your past but also looking at everything and everyone in the present and seeing your reality being mirrored back to you through these people and things everyone in your life is now reflecting your reality back to you and their behaviors and attitudes can teach you a lot about yourself and provide vital information as to what is happening within your own life whatever or whoever affects you is your reality Some aspects of your current reality will feel out of place and no longer desirable. You know that saying, like, what we eat, what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, or who we hang around is who we become. So feed yourself with inspiration of who you actually want to be. And no matter how spiritually or materially advanced you think you are, the reflective power of seven will expose an empty space in your life, which can actually make you feel lonely, isolated. Accept that this emptiness exists, and you will discover the fullness of your true capabilities. Because you see that that emptiness, it's your own unfulfilled potential. So use this year to gain knowledge, confidence, and expertise. Work with the energy of the year of seven. Realize just how unique and gifted you are. Accept that you're a free spirit. Embrace the diversity of life and your place in it. This year of introspection and soul searching is a chance to rediscover yourself as you are now, to let go of the person you once were or thought you were going to be, right? Life is not confined to one field or locality, and the one inevitable thing that we all know about life is that it's constantly moving and changing, pushing us to grow. There's a saying, you know, evolve or die, and this is the year for us to evolve, to become, And this is our year to learn the basics of magic. Yes, magic. The secrets of manifestation, the laws of abundance. The will must determine what it wants by the way it feels. Consciousness must then plan for this accomplishment by considering and orchestrating all the facts. And so that's what this year is. It's an orchestration of putting together. So what is manifesting? Isn't it what we do at the beginning of each year when we declare our resolutions, our intentions for the year, when we set goals and make plans with hope and an inspired happy heart full of yearning and untapped potential? I mean, do you believe this magic exists or are we in fact faded? Well, I can tell you this. Here is what I know. The secret I've personally learned about manifesting is the ability to claim it and then let go, to surrender to whatever is and to what the universe provides. I know that when I obsess over something, when we toil and worry and wonder and we carry it in every single thought, it's either not going to happen or it's going to be delayed until we can finally just let go, surrender. And as we've just entered the new year and are talking about magic versus fate or predestined destinies, I'd like to take this opportunity to do just that. Let's talk about the fates. And actually to start this off, I want to share a quote that I wrote. It was written in the stars, the day our destiny aligned and fates collided, illuminated by the constellations of our souls. So there are three predominant well-known groups, otherwise known as the fates in mythology. There's the Norns, the Moirai, and the Parsi. The Norns come from the Germanic prose Eddas, dated around the 13th century, which would fall somewhere between, you know, 1200 to 1300 BC. In Macbeth, Shakespeare writes about the Weird Sisters, that's W-Y-R-D, or witches, which many actually believe are personifications of the Norns. The Moirai are the Greek goddesses of fate, from Homer and Hesiod, dating around 700 BC. And the Parsi were written about in Metamorphosis of Ovid, or Metamorphosis by Ovid, uh, around 8 AD. And the Fates are also mentioned in the Odyssey as the heavy spinners. But you've likely heard of them in filmography. There's Hercules, Percy Jackson, uh, the new Sandman on Netflix, Clash of the Titans. And those are just to name a few. I mean, the fates have actually been in a lot of films. But today we're only going to actually focus on the Norns and the Moirai. So who are these beings spinning and weaving our fate? In the sagas of Norse legend, there are many mysterious and powerful beings, dragons, frost giants, gods, and goddesses who command the forces of nature and the laws of magic. And actually, I began this podcast today with the Norse creation story regarding how the world was created from Ymir, the giant, or the great titan. I think maybe the most influential of all of these mysterious beings are the Norns, the weavers of fate itself. Great Odin foresees the future of the worlds he has created, and he uses all the power and wisdom at his command to avert the course of destiny. Yet he seems doomed to failure, and so far all of his efforts have led him only closer to the very evils which he sought to avoid. The laws of fate seem beyond the powers of anyone to escape, and yet they're not blind. There is a category of beings, all female, who are the weavers of destiny for mortal, god, and giant alike. All beings come under their power and must ultimately bend to their allotted destinies. And these beings are named the Norns. Some are the daughters of a dwarf, others are the maidens of giants, and others still are elves or even the race of the gods. Whatever their former lives, their common fate is now to rule the lives of others, The Norns were the Norse and Germanic fates, the demigoddesses of destiny. The Aesir often sought their counsel as the gods themselves were also subject to the Norns. And the Norns were really considered mysterious beings. A primary three who had the ability to construct the content of time. One is Erd, which means the past, and it's also a common word meaning fate. The second is named Verdandi, which means the present, and the third is Skuld, meaning the future. And they live in a hall by a well beneath the Yggdrasil, the mighty tree at the center of the Norse Otherworld, which holds the nine worlds in its branches and roots. They are the keepers of time, weaving the fates of all who were born. It is also they who decide, not just the fate of man, nor just the quality of one's life, but also the length of one's life, or how long a person should live. In other words, the Norns would weave a tapestry of fate, each string on their loom representing the fate of one person, which is then intertwined with other people, to form the fabric and summary of one's entire life. Apart from their weaving of fate, the Norns were also responsible to care for the world tree, and they would regularly carve runes into its trunk. The meanings of these runes run through the tree and have effect on all nine worlds that live within its branches. The Norns are documented extensively in various sources, but most come from the prose Edda and the poetic Edda, as well as different legendary sagas. Overall, the Norns were considered to be some of the most powerful beings in the cosmos. Just as the Norse did, the ancient Greeks believed that many aspects of a person's life were determined by the three mythical women known as the Fates. These were three sister goddesses that appeared in Greek and Roman mythology and were believed to have spun out a child's destiny at birth. They determined when life began, when it ended, and everything in between. At the birth of a child, they appeared spinning, measuring, and cutting the thread of life. However, not everything was inflexible or predetermined. A man destined to become a great warrior one day could still choose that that maybe he wanted to take a different path. The gods can simply intervene with decisions that can be helpful or harmful to try to bend their sway, but in a sense, they control the metaphorical life of every mortal born. The Moirai are sisters and the fatherless daughters of Nyx. Their names were Clotho, the spinner, Lachesis, the allotter, and Atropos, the inflexible. Consistently portrayed as three women spinners, each of the fates had a different task. Clotho spun the thread of life. Lachesis measured its allotted length, and Atropos cut the thread with her shears. Atropos was associated with the past, Clotho the present, and Lachesis the future. The first Moirai goddess, Clotho, is depicted as a maiden, and is often seen carrying a spindle or a roll, the Book of Fate. Lachesis appeared as a matron with a staff, with which she points to the horoscope on a globe. Atropos appears as a crone, and she would choose the manner of each person's death, and when their time was up, cut their life thread with shears. In various accounts, the three goddesses are actually shown with staffs, scepters, or wearing crowns or symbols of dominion. They're said to have lived in Zeus's palace on Mount Olympus. And as both the Norns and the Moirai are represented as three, it of course brought up images and stories of the triple goddess, maiden mother Crone, which also symbolized the waxing, full and waning moon, birth, life, and death, and of course past, present, and future. And the fates are responsible for weaving the lives of gods and mortals alike. They also made the rules of the underworld. Rules like, if you eat something while you're in the underworld, you're not going to be allowed to leave. And of course, my mind automatically goes to Persephone. And I don't know if you know this, but the fates did actually have to intervene to change the course of fate and to make an exception to their own rule by allowing Persephone to come back to the middle world six months out of every year because she did eat you know, six pomegranate seeds. You may have also heard the fates used in the same sentence as the furies. So the Moirai are said to weave together every possible path within their thread, and a person is then judged by whichever path they chose. So with the Moirai, free will is is definitely a thing. You know, this makes me think of the path or the predictions of an oracle. When doing a reading, an oracle can see many paths before them. But when they tell a person of their future, they're speaking to the path that's most likely going to be taken, and then they narrow down the path of possible outcomes. But because of free will, even what an oracle sees can change. In fact, often when a different choice is made or another path is chosen, an oracle can actually feel the energy shift as one door closes and another opens, right? Because now a new path has opened before them. But back to the fates and the furies. So they're sisters as they're all daughters of Nyx. And the Furies would carry out punishment on behalf of the Fates. The Furies are considered to be goddesses of of vengeance, and it was their duty and their pleasure to bring about justice. So if a person murdered someone else, to the Fates, this is the worst crime of all, right? To cut someone's life short when their thread has not yet run out or it has not been cut with the shears. And when this would happen, the Fates would hand the life of the murderer over to the Furies for vengeance and judgment. And the Furies are said to have snakes in their hair and blood dripping from their eyes, wearing all black and carrying whips, these goddesses of vengeance and justice. They also had wings of a bat. And there was another group called the Curies, also sisters of the Fates and the Furies, daughters of Nyx, and they're considered to be female death spirits. They were specifically drawn to the bloody deaths of the battlefield. They're said to send the souls of the fallen to the underworld for judgment while feasting on their corpses. And this particular group reminded me of the Morgan, a Triformis goddess who would predict the death of warriors in battle. And you know, whether we're talking about the Norns or the Moirai, we have these tales that speak of our fate being predestined, pre-written in the stars. And over and over again, we're also told that we have free will, right? The ability to make a choice. And it's said that because of free will, we can change our destiny at any point. We can break and change soul contracts or agreements we made before, you know, our souls transitioned into human bodies and into this realm, and that our fate is never actually sealed. Something like the butterfly effect, right? Right. And yet I can't help but wonder, I mean, are we in fact a part of something so much larger than we could ever dream or imagine in the greater cosmic scheme of things, right? I I believe we are. I think we're all destined for greatness and are part of a plan that we could never really fully grasp or appreciate until we've experienced whatever it is we need to experience to go through, to stretch, to grow, and to align us with our potential, you know within this and all realms and dimensions across space and time each intrinsically interwoven with the great tapestry of life but then i sit there and think you know who is the recorder of life and memory past present and future and if we collapse time and reality as we know it what would we see what would be left and if we could see the bigger picture you know, how things are going to turn out? Would we be able to get there without the lessons of the journey of the in-between? Like what's that saying? It's not about the destination, but rather the journey. And are we sanctified because our life is meant to cross paths with a specific view for a specific outcome? Do we have a destiny we have to fulfill before we cross into the next dimension? Or are all dimensions being played out at once Are all realities? So like if our body dies in this realm, does it continue on in the next? Or do our bodies collapse in all dimensions? Or is our energetic residual simply floating along the wind within the realm in which we took our last breath? Ah, this is my mind goes when I go quiet. (laughs) And every time I really try and grasp quantum physics. Okay, but I do actually have a story I want to share about the fates. There were three stories actually that I kept coming across when I was doing my research for today's podcast. And, you know, one of the things that came up was that the fates can be tricked um, specifically if they're given wine. And I thought that was kind of fun for the new year as they celebrate um, Dionysus for, you know, the wine. But this story is actually about Althea, the queen of Caledon. And when she gave birth to her son, Meleager. So when she gives birth, she's visited by the fates and they tell her that her son will grow to be noble and brave. And then they give her a yule log and tell her that if it's burned, her son will take his last breath when it's all consumed and turned to ash. So hearing this, Althea buried the log because she didn't want it to be found by anyone who could one day use it against her son to kill him, right? So this is, she doesn't want any gods or mortals to find it. Well, Maligar grew to be a well-respected prince. And one spring, someone forgot to give a sacrifice to Artemis by mistake, and in her anger, Artemis sent a wild boar to destroy the land. Well, Meleager kills the boar and he gave its hide to his beloved because, well, he was in love with her and also because she had dealt the first deadly blow to the boar. So he gave it to her as a sort of trophy, a gift, right? Anyway, so a fight breaks out over this hide as the other hunters felt disrespected and it turns into this raging brawl. And before you know it, Meleager is so enraged that he ends up killing his uncles. He's blind with fury, his heart is beating like the mother drum, all he can see is red. So panicked, his mother digs up the log and she casts it into the fire. But as the last ember dies, so too does he take his last breath. And even though the fates span the destiny of mortals and they decide their fates, the quality of their lives, when they should die, this story is actually the only time the fates spoke to a mortal. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Narrative. If you are moved by today's episode and are looking forward to future broadcasts, be sure to hit subscribe. And as always, likes and shares are appreciated and donations are always welcome. I had a great time with you today and I can't wait to be with you again next week. I hope 2023 brings you much joy, time for reflection, harmonious introspection, and all the blessings this life can bring. Yours truly, XOXO, Mary Rogers.